So tell me, Emily, do you have like any like daily rituals that you do? Ooh. Like a pep talk in the morning, something like that. This is my way to get yourself out of bed in the morning. Foolproof method. Oh, okay. So you know how like your alarm I'm goes off. I'm writing this down. I'm taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> your alarm goes off. You don't want to get up. You're super tired. Your, your mm-hmm. head feels like mush. Yes. If you just sit up, you don't even have to get out of bed. You don't have to take the covers off. Just get your head vertical uh-huh. and stay there for like 10 minutes. You will feel more awake. Because the blood will drain out of your brain. Huh. And so that's what I do. <laughs> and onto and, the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got dry brain and <laughs> you're all set for the day. <laughs> I think that's a great... I used to do that. And then I realized that I don't care about waking up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd rather just be gotta. late to work. <laughs> well, that's the difference between you and me, Kyle. Uh, I mean, if I'm yeah, not it's early, I'm panicking. If I'm <laughs> late, I'm happy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts, Kyle Imperator and Emily Moyers, take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. I'm Emily Moyers. And I'm Kyle Imperator. And Emily, did you know oh. that today is the day that I give you a word that you have to guess? Oh. <laughs> you know, I did know that, Kyle. Is it time for that word? It is time for that word. Do you have your uh, Butter No Parsnips party hat on? I have my party hat on. I've got a yellow legal pad ready to... Uh-huh. Take notes. And what's the third thing? And I've also got... That we uh, do to celebrate. Uh, <laughs> I've got, well, I've got a mariachi band behind me waiting to play of the course. music when I guess this word right. Uh, perfect. Yep. I'm glad you're prepared. Wow, you are just speaking of on time, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm on time. I'm on the ball. I'm on... Uh, Methamphetamines. <laughs> yes. I was trying to think of anything I could say other than a joke. <laughs> Nothing came. Kyle, give me this word. Uh, Emily, so your word today is omophagy. Oh, God. <laughs> omophagy is spelled O-M-O-P-H-A-G-Y. Omophagy. Good Lord, Kyle. <laughs> You can't keep doing just, just, I don't know, Greek philosophy words? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely Greek. It's it's Gotta all be. Greek to me. Gotta yeah. be. Omophagy. Okay. So it's not ology. So it's not the study nope. of something. It is not. That is correct. All right. I want to take a guess before I get a clue. Okay, sure. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like break down the parts the of the word and here, the but, I, but I've just got mid-fix. no clue. And the infix is <laughs> really good. Omophagy, is it... Uh, no, just give me the clue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I like, I like uh, the intensity with which you're trying to figure this out. <laughs> Listen, man, um, I got this mariachi band waiting. <laughs> they tuned they, up for 20 minutes before we started recording. 
they're charging by the minute and there's a cancellation fee. <laughs> They've got a, a they've got a taxi meter in front of me right now. It's running. Emily, your one word clue is sushi. Oh, okay. Omafuji <laughs> related to sushi. It's it's the mm-hmm. art of okay. f- of like a f- uh, fancy plating of sushi. <sighs> you know, Emily. I I was surprised that you were happy with the sushi clue because I thought you would be really mad at me. <laughs> well, um, it, it really narrowed in the yeah. field, you know. <laughs> you probably chose the only other direction that you could have gone in. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to guess one more time or do you want the answer? Uh, what, are you saying what I said wasn't exactly the right answer? <laughs> I would say it's exactly the wrong answer. <laughs> Just tell me what the word is. Well, we've well, we've well, been here too long. Yeah, we'll let that mariachi band. They can stay in my guest room until you get a word right. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna send them off though, so I, so this meter doesn't keep ticking. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Emily, omophagy means the eating of raw flesh or using oh. uncooked meat as food. Oh, Kyle, <laughs> you just decided this episode was going to be gross. Emily, I literally wrote in my notes, sorry, Emily, it's a gross <laughs> Kyle episode. Gross <laughs> Kyle. Oh, oh, the eating of raw flesh? The eating of raw flesh or using uncooked meat as food. Oh, gosh. Why, though? So, <laughs> so it comes from the ancient Greek omophagia the prefix there is almost which means of flesh raw or uncooked but it can also mean figuratively savage fierce or cruel sure i see that correlation so the suffix of omophagia is uh phagia it's the combining form of the ancient greek word phagain which means to eat and that comes from the word ephagon, which means eat or devour. Oh, uh, devour gives it such a more sinister connotation. It does. And it actually makes a lot of sense, uh, as you'll see in one second. Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, if like the first part means like raw or savage and the second part means devour, I feel like this was a name for like a a tribe of cannibals wow i mean yeah you're (laughs) you're right there emily (laughs) but go on kyle so it originally came to english as the loan word omophagia and it appeared in edward phillips's 1706 edition of his the new world of english words where it was defined as among the ancients, a feast of Bacchus, in which the mad guests eat goats alive, tearing their entrails with their teeth. Oh, boy. That, yep, that's, that <laughs> sounds like a great time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Get, gotta get my party hat <laughs> and my illegal <laughs> pad out for that. <laughs> love to, to tear into some live goats. <laughs> so, Emily, omophagy plays an important role in the cult worship of the ancient Greek god Dionysus, and also, of course, his Roman equivalent, Bacchus, who I mentioned just a bit earlier. 
I think typically known as the god of like wine and and revelry. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, Emily. Do you know? Can you name any of the other? Th- he was a god of a lot of things, actually. Rev- like par- just partying it up. Yeah, I, I've got festivity written down. But you, uh, is it a lot of stuff? A lot of stuff. A couple of the other ones that I have listed here are fertility. He was the god of also ritual madness, of course. Oh, religious ecstasy, because why not? And last but not least, Emily, theater. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, I guess if you combine wine, festivity, religious ecstasy, and ritual (laughs) madness, you get theater, right? (laughs) So Dionysus's myth is associated with the myth of Zagreus who was the son of Zeus and Persephone. The two of them... Who wasn't the offspring of Zeus? I mean, literally, yes. You you name a god and it's hard to find one that isn't related to him, you know? In some capacity, yeah. So there's a myth of Zagreus and sometimes Dionysus is like, it's insinuated that they're the same person. And the origin of Zagreus involves three important parts, which we're going to go through now. Emily, you ready? I'm ready. I got my legal pad all set to go. Perfect. I don't have anything to write with, by the way. I just have the legal pad. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) I just look at it real hard. (laughs) So the first part of the origin is that Zeus intended Zagreus or Dionysus to be his successor as the ruler of the heavens. But Hera, who is Zeus's wife, out of jealousy had Dionysus torn apart by the Titans. They were kind of dramatic back then, you know? Sure, that's fair. They were probably in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) This was an instance of something the Greeks call sparagmos, which came to mean a ritual tearing apart. Oh, they had a whole name for it. For that, yeah. Sparagmos. Sparagmos. Yeah, I believe it or not, they talked about it enough that they needed a yeah, word they for needed it. Needed a dedicated word. <laughs> yeah, and that's distinct from the word they had for tearing up and eating. Well, this one so is just tearing. <laughs> the second part of the myth was that the Titans then ate Dionysus in an act of omophagia or omophagy, which is you know they ate his body parts raw. Although many accounts explain them boiling or roasting his parts first, which I guess is I mean, kind of you know, I feel like if you're if you're eating the god of wine, like you gotta, I feel like there's there's a recipe there, you know, you gotta yeah. pair it with yeah with something. <laughs> it's gotta be a really you know delicate preparation. Yeah, yeah, you've gotta you know cook it long enough to cook yeah. the alcohol out, so you just get yeah. like the flavor of the wine. Braise know. it in some red wine and some red wine vinegar, right? Yes. With bacon. <laughs> yeah, with bacon. <laughs> the third part of the myth, it's not in all versions of it, but in some versions, Dionysus is then resurrected from the leftover parts that they didn't eat. <laughs> oh, so he's just this homunculus <laughs> <Yeah>. of a <laughs> man. Just leftover bits of awful. Yeah. <laughs> of just, yeah, it's like, oh, wow. That's the human foie gras, huh? <laughs> A variety of different cults worshipped Dionysus, Emily, but Dionysian worship was epitomized in a Roman festivity called Bacchanalia. Have you ever heard of that term? I feel like I've probably come across it just while looking up 
weird words for this podcast. Yeah, but, I feel like it's a semi-regular word that you know, like people use, but you don't really know what the meaning is, you know? I mean, does it mean something more specific than just drinking and partying? Originally, it was a specific type of like ritual festivity that the cult of Dionysus or the cult of Bacchus held. That's why it's called Bacchanalia, because it was a a festival for Bacchus. For Bacchus. The Bacchanalias originally were women-only events, and then they started to allow some men into the group, but it was like primarily female-focused. Interesting. The women would dress in fawn skins, and they'd carry something called a thyrsus, spelled T-H-Y-R-S-U-S. And it's a a stick covered in ivy and topped with a pine cone or an artichoke. I I don't know. Yeah, it's so it's like a symbol of Dionysus. It's like supposedly something that he carried, but I don't really understand what it has to do with his myth at all. But it's it's really important in the symbology of Dionysus for some reason. Sure, you know what I learned once is that the Greeks and Romans really liked the pine cone as like a design motif. They just sure. liked the look of it, and they put it in a lot of things. When I went to Italy and we went to the Vatican, our tour guide was talking about how you see it in a lot of like architectural, you know, like sculptures and and decor around like old Roman buildings. You'll see a lot of like that pine cone design because they just liked it a lot. (laughs) They probably just had so many pine cones. They were like, eh, just shellac it and put it on the edge (laughs) of the stairs. (laughs) So, Emily... These bacchanalias, I'm going to quote from Wikipedia here because they had a really great description of bacchanalias. You know, sometimes whoever wrote the Wikipedia page said it best. I've come across <laughs> really that did. a few times. Like I was, um, was going to find a quote and I was like, nah, this is perfect. <laughs> Wikipedia states, these bacchanalias were characterized by maniacal dancing to the sound of loud music and crashing cymbals in which the revelers called bacantes whirled, screamed, became drunk and incited one another to greater and greater ecstasy. The rite climaxed in a performance of frenzied feats of strength and madness, such as uprooting trees and tearing a bull apart with their bare hands and eating its flesh raw. Having symbolically eaten his body and drunk his blood, the celebrants became possessed by Dionysus. Wow. I love, what was the phrase? Maniacal dancing? (laughs) Yeah, maniacal dancing. That's great. Love that descriptor for dancing. It's so good. God, all of that sounded (laughs) just so primal and incredible. (laughs) I mean, you had the exact reaction I was looking for, Emily. (laughs) Part of me is horrified, but also part of me is like, oh, man, I wish I could be there. Just see it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So as you can understand, Emily, rumors started to circulate about this. Sure, sure. Is this, Um, uh, are we going to skip ahead to the Salem witch trials? (laughs) (laughs) Rumors spread that the participants resorted even to cannibalism, as you mentioned earlier. Another word for cannibalism, Emily, is anthropophagy, which is the eating of human human flesh. Sure, but it's got that puff. 
It's got that puff. But these stories of Bacchanalia's brought on a moral panic amongst the Roman Senate. And in the year 186 BC, they published a decree called the Senatus Consultum de Bacchanalibus, which effectively prohibited Bacchanalia's in all of Italy. And it started a nationwide persecution of all Dionysian cult members. Sure. It was seen as like one of the earliest mass forms of persecution of a religion. Really? Yeah. Before the Romans started persecuting the Christians, they persecuted the Dionysian cult members. I mean, I I feel it's surprising to me that there wasn't religious persecution before that. (laughs) That idea's got to be pretty old. I I think it was less government oriented, let's say. Sure. Maybe like individual, like like religions fighting each other, but not like a government shutting down. uh, Sure. But as you you alluded to earlier, Emily, today Bacchanalia is used as more of a general term for any kind of drunken feast. I don't know if you know, but does it carry the same like negative connotation that the senators had towards it? Yeah, I l- way less, way less crazy, though. Sure. I think today you can call like a keg party a Bacchanalia, you know, but sure. not assuming that <laughs> your brother ate his friend when he was there. <laughs> Another myth rooted in the cult of Dionysus was the myth of the hunter Acteon. Have you ever heard of Acteon? I have not. Is that, I assume, a pill for uh, uh, erectile (laughs) dysfunction? (laughs) Ask Uh, your doctor about Acteon. Side effects may include cannibalism, uh, (laughs) ripping apart a bull. (laughs) But like, they run through them so quick. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Cannibalism, ripping apart a bull, and nausea. (laughs) So the story of Acteon goes like this. Acteon stumbles upon the goddess Artemis bathing in the woods and stops to stare at her ravishing beauty. She catches him in the act, and for having profaned the mystery of her virginity, he is forbidden from speaking lest he be turned into a stag. Okay. Uh, Can you guess what happens next, Emily? He says it and he gets turned into a stag? (laughs) You got it. You know, men in myth in myths are nothing if not predictable. <laughs> right, truly. Once they are told not to, they will. <laughs> yeah. So he's turned into a stag. He is then summarily, Emily, torn apart, which is sparagmos, then sure. eaten, omophagy, sure. by his own hunting dogs, Tantivy. <laughs> 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 Beautiful. Um, A thrilling tale. uh, Full cry, the death. Yeah. Return home. (laughs) Everybody go listen to Tantivy. It's one of our best episodes, and I really, truly believe that. In the 16th century, Emily, uh, the the term acteon or acteon ended up becoming synonymous with the term cuckold. Oh. Because having horns was a symbol for being cuckolded. And since acteon was turned into a stag, they were like, yep, you got horns, you've you're, you're an Acteon, you're a cuckold. So in a 1905 edition of the literary magazine The Athenaeum, an article cites a new contribution to the myth of Acteon by the archaeologist Solomon Reynak. 
he said that he thinks it originated among a clan of Boeotians whose women Ooh. had a stag as their sacred animal. They were, according to him, in the habit of assembling at certain times clad in the skins of hinds, of tearing a stag in pieces and of eating it with tears and wailings. Such an homophagy certainly formed part of the cult of Dionysus and can be easily paralleled by instances drawn from primitive rites in other parts of the world. Interesting. So he he theorized that the story of Acteon came from them? Yeah, it came from them, and it started possibly in the cult worship of Dionysus. So it was like maybe like a- Like evolved uh, from the, the yeah. Dionysus story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is interesting because the the reviewer here continues on and says, the worst of this form of rationalizing is that it is just as applicable to one legend as to another. Does Monsieur Reynac think that the Plutarchian account of the passion of Osiris, for instance, is to be explained in the same way? As in it, it might be like some other form of worship that evolved into a new form of worship? Sure, sure. Like we could we could go on with any myth like that. Yes. And and That's the answer fair. to his question was probably yes, based on what I read about Monsieur Reynac and about <laughs> the myth of Dionysus. It's actually been related to a multitude of other deities and forms of worship, including perhaps controversially, Emily, a Jesus Christ. Oh, Oh, Jesus mm. Christ. Can you name any ways that I might have mentioned today that you might relate those two stories? Um, I don't know Bible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you. So, for example, Emily, both are resurrected. Sure. Although... Dionysus more horrifyingly. <laughs> In very different ways. Uh, Dionysus, actually, his resurrection story is a lot more convoluted because in some of the versions, his heart is fed to Zeus, who then has sex with another woman who births him. <laughs> uh, that it's, sounds very it, Zeus. <laughs> it's very Zeus, right? But there are also accounts in which both Jesus and Dionysus have turned water into wine. I mean, that feels like that must have been Dionysus's whole thing. Was just turn turning water into any wine, liquid yeah. into wine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's the, he's the King Midas of wine. <laughs> so, Emily, this extends particularly to the Dionysian ritual of drinking wine and eating flesh as symbolism oh. for becoming one with him. Much like... Much like the, the, the Eucharist? Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Catholic hey. transubstantiation. Yeah, that's the same word that I said. I mean, you got there. It was basically <laughs> the same thing. So, Emily, I'm, I want to cap off this discussion by quoting a passage from a book by the provocateur and social critic Camille Paglia. She wrote a book in 1990 called Sexual Personae, and it basically boils down Western thought and tradition into the struggle between Apollo which represents order, and Dionysus, which represents chaos. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and in doing so, she sums up this whole comparison between Dionysus and Christ succinctly, if a tad gruesomely, okay? 
that's the best way. She says, The violent principle of Dionysian cult is sparagmos. The body of the god or a human or animal substitute is torn to pieces which are eaten or scattered like seed. Omophagy, ritual eating of raw flesh, is the assimilation and internalization of godhead. Ancient mystery religion was posited on the worshippers' imitation of the god. Cannibalism was impersonation, a primitive theater. You are what you eat. <laughs> At every Christian service, wafers and wine are changed into Christ's body and blood, consumed by the worshiper. In Catholicism, this is not symbolic, but literal. Transubstantiation is cannibalism. Dionysian Sparagmos was an ecstasy <laughs> of sexual excitation and <gasps> superhuman strength. Try disjointing a grocery chicken with your bare hands, much less a living goat or heifer. The scattering of Sparagmos inseminated the earth. Hence, swallowing the gods' parts was an act of physical love. There may be an element of homophagy in all oral sex, a mystic oh. ritual, reverent and sadistic. Oh, wow. Uh, I feel like I was just accosted by one of those people yelling about the apocalypse on the street. You were, Emily, you were. Tear apart a grocery store chicken with your bare hands. No, thank you. I'm good. Here's no, some I'm, change. I'm just trying to get the bus. <laughs> I also now feel like it's like a narration on a 50s horror movie. <laughs> like like the pictures like zooming in and out really fast on yeah, the grocery yeah, 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 store yeah. chicken. Yes, flies. Oh, I mean, that's that's phenomenal, Kyle. I love that quote. <laughs> Isn't it such a great thing? I was like, yeah, this is this is what we need right now. <laughs> It's a great closer. Speaking of closing, Emily, it's come to that point of the episode where I ask, oh, boy, can you use homophagy in a sentence? I, 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 uh, I mean, I can. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I, I don't know if I want you to either, frankly. <laughs> Only bad sentences can come from this. So it doesn't necessarily mean cannibalism. It means no, just tearing and eating raw flesh. It doesn't have to be tearing. It's just oh, that's the, the eating. other word, right? Yes, just eating raw flesh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so I can I can make this you know not horrifying, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Aside from sushi and foie gras, <laughs> there should be another form of homophagy <laughs> in the culinary world. <laughs> Which is not a statement I believe. I believe there should be no homophagy in the culinary world. I hate it. <laughs> and Emily is, has quickly forgot about, uh, I don't know, carpaccio or ceviche. Okay. Oh, ceviche, Emily, sure. I know you love eating raw meat. It's all you do. No, no, I really don't. I hate, that's my sentence. I hate all forms of homophagy. <laughs> when they, when I'm at a restaurant and I, I say, hi, can I get a steak, please? And they say, how do you want it cooked? I say, black. <laughs> <laughs> well, Emily, you're going to hate this game then. Oh, no. Taking from Camille Paglia's, mm, Chef's kiss of a quote. <laughs> the game is called You Are What You Eat. Yeah, I loved that. <laughs> so in the spirit of Dionysus, I have a list of people who have been turned into other things through ingesting what they have turned into. 
Okay. Okay. So like if you ate a part of Dionysus, you become Dionysus, right? Okay, gotcha. So I'm going to tell you what kind of eater they are, and you tell me what they've eaten and thus become. Okay? It's a mixture of real and constructed words. You're going to get it when I give you the first clue. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this person is a logophagist. Okay. And I tell I telling you what they're eating? Yep. Well, a logophagist has got to be eating words. Yeah, they ate their words, Emily. Oh, they ate their words. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, I'm with it now. Oh, good. So your next clue is geophagist. A geophagist eats yes. land. Uh, smaller. Eats sand. Uh, not at the beach. <laughs> eats dirt. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) They're eating dirt. They're eating. Okay, so these are all like sayings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Eating dirt being like dead. Yeah, I guess that's what that means, huh? I should probably stop telling people that. (laughs) Go eat dirt. (laughs) Go eat dirt. Go die. (laughs) Okay. Your next clue is hypophagist. Hypophagist. Okay. You know this. You know this. Uh. Uh. Oh, I don't even know. Eats medicine? <laughs> no. So, Emily, a hypophagist eats horses. In oh. fact, they said they were so hungry they could eat a horse, and they did. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. I always yeah. forget that that's what it actually means. Yeah. That's a Which weird one. Which makes me think about what hippopotamus actually is, huh? It's probably oh. like water. Water horse. Horse. <laughs> But not a seahorse, because that's already an animal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, your last one, Emily. It's this one's definitely made up, but I think you'll get it. Okay. What does an autocardiophagist eat? Uh, Eat your heart out. Yeah, they eat their heart out. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one, Kyle. That's That's a good one, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, you did a great job, Emily. That was a that was pretty good with that game. I'll take it. Well, Kyle uh, loved that. I mean. Loved that word is a strong way to say it, but it's a very interesting <laughs> word. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know how often I'll use it. Maybe next time I go out for sushi, which is not going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, definitely not after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, everybody out there, remember that you can find Butter No Parsnips on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast. And if you like today's episode as much as I did, consider giving <laughs> us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us. And if you really like today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Parsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout out either on social media or here on the podcast. Thank you so much to all of you. You help us make what we make. And with that, I've been Kyle Imperator. And I've been Emily Moyers, and this has been Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Goat Meat. Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.